Welcome to the Unity Works Podcast, where we'll share positive insight on today's topical and sometimes controversial topics. The discussion is shaped through the lens of unity and acceptance while focusing on our community, families, and the workplace. Life works better when we come together. Here's your host, Daryl Ross. Hello and welcome to the Unity Works Podcast. Just thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Daryl Ross. Today, we're talking about the living donation. I'm honored to speak with Hallie Thomas. Hallie is a former educator in the classroom and instructional coach outside the classroom, but now the regional program manager at Legacy Donor Services Foundation. If you want to hear the power of love, people, and donating, keep listening. Unity Works family, please welcome Hallie Thomas. Hallie, how are you, friend? I'm doing so well. Thank you so much, Daryl, for having me on. I got to tell you that you kind of have the cool factor. I will dig into this in a moment because you are an educator as well. You were my son's teacher and you've got that like the dual threat, kind of cool teacher. Plus you like sports, you play sports. He just adored you. And I got to tell you that Jennifer and I would sometimes drop your name in our house so if Javon was like not wanting to do his homework or act up, he'd go, oh, well, we can call Miss Hallie and see what she thinks about that. And he's like, no, 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 don't do that. So you've always been uh, a th- high threshold in our household. So thank you for all you do. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. And I love that. Please name drop me whenever you can. I tell all of my parents, uh, past and present, hey, whenever you can uh, infuse my name in there to get them to to do their homework and do the right thing, I'm happy to help. Let's start right there. We'll dig into your days in the classroom. How many years did you teach and did you kind of always know you wanted to be a teacher? Well, so I actually taught for nine years. Um, Six of those years, I was actually directly in the classroom where I had my own class taught um, third, fourth, and fifth grade throughout those six years. And then the last three years, I actually stepped out of the classroom um, into a leadership role. But Daryl, to be honest, as far as if I knew I was going to be the be a teacher, the answer is a hard no. Um, I actually think that other people knew I would be a teacher before I finally settled on the idea of teaching. Um, to be truthful, I had babysat from a very, very young age. And I honestly, I, I've always loved being around kids and interacting with kids. Uh, the real shift came, as you said, I was... Um, an athlete, still am, and I played collegiate soccer. And one of my soccer coaches actually saw me uh, interacting and teaching, instructing kids at a soccer camp that we had put on in the summer. And he came up to me, kind of pulled me aside and said, hey, have you ever considered teaching? And I kind of shrugged my shoulders and laughed at him because I had heard that many times before, but I was actually in college for psychology. Um, but before I knew it, he had set up a little uh, job shadowing opportunity for me to go and watch his wife, who was a middle school teacher. I can honestly tell you from that moment that I had stepped into that classroom and just, you know, saw the environment, saw the kids, um, the reward that she had, the structure that was put into place. It was everything that I that I needed that I didn't know that I needed and I kind of laugh and say that's kind of how I fell into uh, the teacher trap immediately changed my um, major and went down the road of elementary education 
That is so awesome. And it's kind of cool that you, you know, are a former athlete as well. So you have the ability to connect, you know, the power of teamwork. So it really shines through, which kind of leads you into, as you mentioned, kind of a shift. You kind of left the classroom, although you're always an educator, and kind of went more into a leadership position. Tell us about your role as an instructor. Yeah, so my last three years of uh, teaching, I actually moved into what they call an instructional coach. And like you said, it really does go hand in hand with um, the athlete side of me. Uh, The role was part of a leader. A leadership team. And um, I worked really hard and was given that chance to learn a new role, which I took as a challenge. Um, to be quite truthful, it was a unique role because it gets to be a pillar of support for both the teacher side and the student side. Um, I specifically got to kind of work with the fifth grade team, which was my specialty in some content planning and just kind of helping the different groups of kids, um, you know, throughout the fifth grade side and really, really honestly loved it. But what I loved the most about that position is that I got to um, take on working with brand new teachers, first year teachers, second year teachers, and even some of the career changers. And I got to kind of go in and model lessons for them, co-teach, just kind of build their their tool belt of different strategies and ways of best practices. And it was the most rewarding thing that I could have ever done in that position. I can honestly say that um, teachers have evaluations a few times a year where the assistant principal or principal will go in, observe them, watch them, and kind of give them feedback. The most rewarding thing is when those teachers that I had spent, you know, tons of time in their classroom kind of fine tuning their skills, I would be the first call of when they got those marks back from their evaluation. And they were just thrilled to report that, you know, they had they had made it in their teaching career. And I was so thankful to get to just be, you know, a small part of that reward um, because that was extremely important for me. I felt like I was helping the school as a whole. So um, I really, really loved that role. And like you said, it really kind of went hand in hand with who I was um, in my personal life, but also now getting to apply it to my professional life. That is amazing. And I think it's so awesome. I know you feel this way and your husband that kind of God kind of puts you in some places, prepares you in advance for great things he has in store for you. And you kind of jumped right into that. And so with that said, I think God had another challenge and plan for you in your life. Right about this time, your life began to change. You found out that your husband, Richard, was in need of a kidney. So he went on dialysis and I can only imagine that your life was truly turned upside down. Just kind of walk us through what happened next. How did you navigate this this area of your life? Well, you're so right in saying that. God truly, um, you know, puts these challenges in front of us and wants us to kind of face them head on. And um, I believe in my competitive world, it, it applies to everything that I truly, I truly touch and get into. But Um, You know, during my coaching years, my instructional coaching years, Richard did find out that he, in fact, you know, was going to need a kidney transplant and went on dialysis. It it absolutely, in your words, turned our world upside down. We had to figure out what our new new norm was. And um, I, I immediately got tested to see if I was a direct match for Richard. Um, Unfortunately, I was not. However, um, people that know me um, and know me well know that I don't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I, I absolutely um, want to help in whatever way I can. And so I was sitting with Richard in an orientation class for transplant and we learned about uh, living donation, um, but mo- more specifically, a program called the Paired Kidney Exchange. And the best way to kind of define this, Daryl, is it's a kidney swap. So I would donate to someone who I was a direct match for, and there someone would in turn donate to Richard. And And sometimes it can be a link of just four, but oftentimes on average, it's a link of six to eight people where your organs actually can be flown to other states or other cities where um, you know, you're in this line of people getting the organ that they need and that it's a match for that specific person. Um, it didn't work directly like that with Richard and I. We were only a, a unique link of four, um, Richard and I being two of them, and then later finding out um, that it would be a young lady and her daughter. I got to ask you this. How did it feel when you knew the time was coming that Richard was going to receive a kidney? Oh my goodness. I I can replay that call uh, in my head over and over and over again. It feels like it was yesterday. So um, imagine middle of summer, uh, July 2020, in the midst of COVID, right? Everything's kind of on lockdown. We're being very careful because um, of Richard's health. And we. it was a rainy day outside. And we received this call that they had found a match through the paired kidney exchange. Um, now, we didn't know any of the details because of confidentiality. And they still had to have us come in for updated testing to really make sure that it was going to be you know, a, a perfect match in the sense for, for everyone. Um, but I can just tell you, I cried. I jumped for joy. I, mm-hmm. you know, I called everyone I knew. I was just overwhelmed with the emotion that, you know, Richard really would get a second lease at life. And um, I just knew that that's what God had had put in my way and that we were going to make it happen. I just love that story. And I can only imagine for anyone out there listening, thinking, you know, can this work for me? It's just really, you got to keep going, keep the steps in front of you and just one day at a time. But here's the unique thing with your story. So Richard gets his kidney. By the way, we got to ask, how's your husband doing? Feeling good? Oh, he is doing wonderful. We are uh, thrilled to report. We're actually coming up on our two-year anniversary for in August. So yes, celebrating that, but he is doing fabulous. And like you said, he's kind of just embracing everything, continuing to put one foot in, in front of the other and really just, um, you know, kind of embracing the fact that he was given this, this second chance at life. That's awesome. So I got to ask about the other side of this. So like you said earlier, you were not a match for Richard, but you did give your kidney. So share with the audience who did you have a match with and how to, how unique was this for you? So, you know, as you kind of introduced, I was an educator. Everything in my world was about kids. And, um, you know, I, I truly believe that God orchestrates things without sometimes our knowledge. And we just have to trust his plan and his path. And, um, you know, we we did later find out that Richard received his uh, transplant from or his kidney from a 30 year old uh, mother. And I was able to donate to her four-year-old daughter, um, who now today is six years old, um, the same age as my son, and is about to graduate from kindergarten. So 
you know, funny how it kind of came full circle that of all things, um, it was a pediatric patient that I was able to help. And so like I like I kind of always say, God knows exactly what the plan is. We just have to trust him. Oh, my goodness. That's just I'm kind of getting chills listening to that, like how all of that was being orchestrated and God kind of needed you in that moment for another miracle. So that is just awesome. Uh, like like you mentioned, I think the educator, athlete, caring about people side of you really came in handy again. So think about how now you're, you know, getting more and more information about Donation World, the Living Donation, and the great work that Legacy does. So now share about another shift you had and sort of working for them full time. Yeah, absolutely. So um, an- another shift did definitely come and present itself. So, you know, I, I'm kind of always going to be an educator at heart. That's something that um, it's just who I am. It's in my soul. It's in my body. It's in my, you know, ev- in my being all together. And I, um, you know, I really decided to transition to switch careers and still educating others, but about uh, on a new platform about donation. And, you know, I can tell you it's personal to me, but there is a lot of misconceptions, a lot of false narratives, and and quite frankly, just a lot that people don't know when it comes to the world of donation. And I felt like if I could merge and infuse my life of being an educator along with all of these things that I learned about donation um, during Richard and mine's journey, that that was kind of a win-win for me. And so I really prayed on it. And um, I actually uh, took an interview with a tissue bank, Legacy Donor Services Foundation, and I was able to land that position. And I'm now a regional program manager. And I go in and I get to educate people on donation. And I just feel like this was one more opportunity kind of put in my path that you know, fortunately enough, I got to use my skill set of teaching and educating and, um, you know, paired with with my journey along with education and donation. And it just really honestly has been amazing up till this point. And I'm coming up on my one year um, anniversary with with my company. That is just amazing. I can only imagine listening to you. First of all, like you said, you have the skill set of an educator, the passion to assist people and for knowledge base, but then you have your own personal journey where you went through this. I mean, you're speaking from direct experience. So I think that's amazing. I, I want to definitely put up your website and allow our listeners to reach out to you. But one last question for you as we wrap up, uh, what would you say to someone that's questions or thinking about being a donor? And I can tell you that comes up, but then we kind of shut it down. We're we're maybe a little afraid. We don't know. How can you kind of shed some light on what they would go through and how can you navigate this and someone brand new thinking about being a donor? Yeah, absolutely, Daryl. Um, it, it's one of those conversations that sometimes isn't a, a you know, a sit down dinner conversation, if you will. But I can really just honestly say, you know, to people, do your research, you know, ask questions. If you're considering living donation, there's so many factual resources out there for people to tap into. Um, I I leaned heavily on someone from my hometown who had walked through being a living donor before and really, you know, kind of poured into her to get the ins and outs of everything in the process. And um, I think that that was extremely beneficial for me as a, a support system. 
However, I would also encourage parents and guardians whose children are about to get their driver's license. Um, this is something where it's probably their first encounter when it comes to donation or being a registered donor. And so I just encourage these families to have the conversation about what that looks like and um, what each individual's needs are. Um, I I don't think it's ever too early to state your wishes um, because unfortunately tragedies do happen and you want to be prepared. And if you can speak openly about that and have it on your driver's license and sign up and, and be able to have those conversations, um, it's just so much easier when it, when it does um, unfold that way. Um, but from a living donation standpoint, I would just, you know, encourage people to know that you can live a healthy, beautiful life post-transplant. I'm, I'm living proof of that. Um, all the while that gift of life being given and people receiving that second lease on life, like my husband was able to, and it, it truly can be a life-changing journey. Um, so again, just education, it really, really boils down to, um, you know, people tapping into those resources that are there and, and not being scared to ask those questions to get, to get their, uh, their knowledge. You know what? Nothing is better than when I learn something myself and I'm kind of convicted. So that little boy that we mentioned earlier that you were the teacher of my son, that was fifth grade for you, right? Fifth grade. Yes, well, fifth grade. he is now 15 and he just got his learner's permit and he's actually going in the car with me and driving. And you're so right. That came up with the driver's license and the, you know, whether you want to be a donor or not, Luckily, Jennifer, my wife, kind of jumped in there and said, absolutely, you know, because um, I wasn't there that day. But you're right. You know, we need to kind of have that conversation with our kids because all they're thinking about is being able to drive. I need my license. Right. But that question is like first. Absolutely. And I think you're right. We really need to have that conversation. So thank you for bringing that up. So by the way, gang, Hallie has really been open and helpful to the Unity Works family. One, I'm putting in the Legacy Donor Services Foundation website. It's in the description right now. And also, Hallie will let you email her. So as busy as she is, hey, reach out to her. Say, I heard you on Unity Works. Her email is in the description as well. Thomas at LegacyDSFoundation.com. They're both in there. Hallie, thank you so much for joining us, friend. Truly appreciate it. Oh, Daryl, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Please hit subscribe and share with a friend. Life works better when we come together. Talk to you next week.